for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Well, what just happened there is partly uh, a good illustration of what we're going to be talking about this morning, which is about five ways to hear God. Uh, There's our first slide coming up here. So we're actually going to be delving into this. This is more of a teach than a preach, okay? Um, And so you need to be alert, and you need to have your books with you. Hands up if you've got your books, or you can see a book. Oh, that is fantastic. We're getting somewhere. That is brilliant. Turn to page 20. There is a picture on there, a face with five words written around it. That's my next slide coming up now. There we are. So that is your kind of base point so that you know what it is that we're talking about. Do you know, I love this picture. Do you know, I can see Danny Moore in there. (laughs) Can't you? When I saw this, I could see Danny's lovely, lovely smile coming through there. Anyway, where is Danny? Where is he hiding? He's up there. Hello, Danny. (laughs) As this is a teaching session, um, we need to release the endorphins, Okay. Because endorphins help you to learn, okay? So to release those, you need to laugh, okay? So I thought I'd get some of those, those little things that are written on um, NHS, you know, what do they call them now? The, the feedback forms, the doctor's things that you write down. I can't think of the name. It's just going to cut out my head. And I was reading these to Fran in the car, actually, as we were coming down here, and we were laughing so much. I thought we were going to crash. One or two of these, unfortunately, I cannot read out. They're extremely funny, but uh, may, not, may not be appropriate for church. <laughs> However, if you'd like to see me afterwards, <laughs> we could have quite a giggle. <laughs> this is written on a patient form. The patient refused autopsy. The patient is tearful and crying constantly. She also appears to be depressed. (laughs) On the second day, the knee was better. On the third day, it had totally disappeared. (laughs) She was numb from her toes down. (laughs) This is a healthy, appearing, decrepit 69-year-old male, mentally alert but forgetful. While in ER, she was examined, X-rated, and sent home. (laughs) The patient has two teenage children, but no other abnormalities. (laughs) The the patient has been depressed since seeing me in 1993. (laughs) I wish I could read out some of these other ones, but I can't. Discharge status. Alive, but without permission. <laughs> okay, so that hopefully has started to release the endorphins. Okay, so we're, we're looking at five ways in which you can hear God. I hope you've got your pens ready, because there'll be stuff that you can write down. I am believing that you will get things from what I'm saying. Um, I don't believe this is a waste of time. So I do believe that this is part of the journey that God is taking us on. And... We've been praying and we've been aware that God has been changing us more and more into a church that is hearing God. 
And Graham's already highlighted the fact that even the birth of the church and the development of the church is all being through prophetic and listening to God. But what we want to do now is we want, God wants to take this church on the next phase. And the next phase is for everybody in the church to be confident and expectant that they are hearing God. And so that's why we're wanting to emphasize this particular talk. So these five things that we're going to go through, God is speaking to you in one or more of these five ways. He's doing it right now. He's doing it right now, and it's a bit like the radio waves that are going through this room, the TV waves that are going through this room. You can't see it, but it's there. And if you just tune in, if you just switch on your receiver, you'll pick it up. I pray in Jesus' name that this morning your receivers will switch on, your antennae will switch on, that you'll suddenly put power, as it were, or allow power to go into these areas so that you can start to hear God. Okay, we've got quite a lot to get through, so I'm going to whiz through. How important is it to hear God's voice? It's part of our friendship with God. Next slide, please. Happens in a unique way to each of us. It's as vital as we breathe, and we cannot live without it. If we're not hearing God's voice, if we're not hearing him on a daily basis, then we're going to be drying up. But when we're hearing God regularly, we become confident, we become happy, and we become healthier. A bit more about that later on, okay? Right, moving on. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4, verse 4. So we need to be constantly feeding ourselves on God's word. I'm trying to train myself more and more in this. I came, we, we read something in the Psalms. I believe, it's, I believe it's Psalm 93, where it says, I will confess your goodness in the morning and your faithfulness at night. And Fran and I have been trying to adopt this. We've been trying in the morning to find things about God's goodness and and declaring God's goodness and filling ourselves with an expectancy that God is going to be good. And I've noticed things beginning to change from doing that. And then when we go to bed at night and you're going to go to sleep, last thing, thinking about how, God, how faithful God has been during the day or how faithful God has been to you and thanking him for doing that. It's a healthy way to start and to finish the day and there's lots more in between, okay? Okay, moving on. How well do you know your leaders? Right, we're going to have a little quick quiz, all right? I, yes, you've just cottoned on, thank you very much. A little bit of laughter through my talk, doesn't go amiss. I asked Graham and Richard six questions, of which they gave an answer. I'm going to give you a multiple choice of three. We're going to find out who in this room knows their leaders the best. If you agree with answer A, I want you to put your hands on your head. If you agree with answer B, put your hands on your shoulder. If it's answer C, put your hands on your hips. Would you all like to stand, please? You may all take part in this. Even if you don't know, Graham, Richard, Graham and Richard, you, you'll be cheating. You know, you know this one. You can't take part, but you can observe. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, so we'll do Richard first. If I had a million pounds, what would I do with it? Did he say, A, cruise, B, give it away, or C, pray for wisdom? Okay, would you choose one of the three things? All chosen? Okay, the answer is B, give it away. Would we all sit down except for the Bs? Those of you who said B, could you stay standing? 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> We've still got six questions to go. Five questions to go. If you were free for an evening, what would you like to do with that evening? Did Richard say, A, have time in my empty box, B, outdoor stargazing, or C, read a book? Make your choices with the things up there. Right? The answer is A, spend time in my empty box. <laughs> Okay, Richard, you are so well known and you're so loved. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, Graham, we'll have to go on to you then. No, there's nobody, there's nobody to answer the questions. That's why we're not going on to the other questions. Nobody there to answer them. Okay. Now, I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you what we do. Well, well as nobody answered it. Okay, if you, we'll go on to the other four questions. Would you like to stand again? All right. Richard, what are you terrible at? A, painting, B, cricket, C, writing novels. Make your choice, please. A, painting, B, cricket, C, writing novels. Novels? <laughs> novels. <laughs> the answer is B, cricket. Can you sit down if you got it wrong? Oh, we're doing a bit better now, Richard. We're doing... <laughs> what is your favourite drink? A, beer, B, Cider, C, cocktails. Would you make a choice, please? A, beer, B, cider, C, cocktails. The answer is B, cider. Okay. Oh, we're doing well now. Okay. What takes up too much of your time, Richard? Is it A, work, B, Facebook, C, crosswords? A, work, B, Facebook, C, crosswords. Make a choice. The answer is work. Whoa, we're doing better with these ones. All right, down to the last one now. Okay. Where would you go for a perfect holiday? A, Bournemouth. <laughs> B, extreme water sports. C, walking. Make a choice, please. And the answer is C, walking. Okay, wave your hands in the air if you got it all right. Well done. Thank you, Richard. We've redeemed it. We've redeemed it. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> oh, great. Graham didn't want you to, to know his bit. Okay. Prophecy. No. Oh, you're in, oh I'm, I moved on. Sorry, I moved on. Right. That'll teach you for interrupting me. <laughs> Next slide, please. Prophecy speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Okay? Prophecy. You hit my autistic side. <laughs> so. It's a good laugh, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> so strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. That's what God's words should do for us. Okay? So when we're hearing God's word, it's not to bring us down. It's not to, not, not to make us feel bad. It's actually to make us feel good. Okay? Next one. All prophetic words, all words from God, need to be in line with Scripture. It needs to be firmly established in God's words. Now, it's important, this, because we need to have confidence in the word that God has given us. So when we get a, a word given to us, or when we feel that God is speaking to us, if we can see that it lines up with the Bible, then it gives us confidence. It gives us confidence to believe that this is coming from God. And it helps us to put aside anything which we know is not. It's also that we need to have an absolute. 
We live in a world now where people say anything goes. Or if you think this, you know, then that's fine. Then. And if you think that. And you talk to people sometimes and it sounds as if they really, you know, what they're saying is the absolute, as we would say, the gospel truth. But it's not. It's just something they've heard in a pub. It's just something that somebody's passed down from their family. And they say it as if it's absolute truth. I mean, when you unpick it, it's not. But the Bible is our absolute it's our absolute, it's our, it's, it's our mainframe, it's our, it undergirds us, it's our foundation. So everything that we do, say, hear, act on, think, needs to be Bible-based, okay? Can't stress that more. It, it will save us a lot of stress in the future. Okay, here's the first way that we can hear God. It's with our eyes. By reading the Bible, by looking at God's word, by reading things about God, about reading things that God is saying, about reading prophetic words. Um, moving on. So read the Bible. It says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So when we read the Bible, it's building us up. It's building us up. Which is why, it's the, what does that phrase go? It says... Uh, if you, don't read, if you don't read the Bible for seven days, it makes one week. Have you heard that one? What a groan. <laughs> I thought it was a good one. It's God-breathed. This bit of paper, if it's empty, means nothing. But if I wrote on it, I will give you 20 pounds, and I gave it to Eddie, Eddie would be delighted. It's not the paper that's worth something. <laughs> yeah, you give it to the church. It's not the paper that's worth something, it's what the words are that mean something. And so the Bibles that you have at home, those words that are in it are priceless. Those, that's why in other countries they, they, they honour the Bible, they honour the, the word in a great way. I know that a friend of mine went to India very recently and uh, he was preaching there and um, he put the Bible down on the floor. And there was a gasp that came from people in the church because they don't put the Bible on the floor in the dust because it means too much to them. They revere the word. Now, we do, we're not at that stage, but we need to have honour for God's word. So we need to respect the fact that people do have honour for God's word. You may see visions. Jeremiah saw visions. He saw boiling pots and he saw almond trees and God spoke to him through the pictures that he was seeing. Isaiah saw many, many words, people eating scrolls and words. And Peter, of course. Now, Peter, he had the, well, he had two visions, didn't he? He had one, which was the uh, blanket that was dropped down with all the f animals in it. And God said, take and kill and eat. And, it, and, and he had to struggle with this because God was saying to him, you mustn't say what is things are unclean that are not unclean. He was referring to the Gentiles. And then he had another vision where he had the Macedonian man calling out to him. And on the basis of that vision, he ended up going to the Gentiles, taking the gospel, and the gospel broke out into, into the Gentiles. So seeing visions is important. Some people see visions. Some of you here have seen visions. Some of you, in the daytime, you've looked somewhere and you've seen a picture. You've seen something acted out. I've, it's happened to me. It's happened to me that in the daytime you see something acting out. Some of you kind of see visions more in your mind. We'll come on to that in, in a moment. 
So prophetic can often be triggered by seeing something. It can be seeing a picture that's being painted. It can be seeing a scene. It can be seeing a words written down. So sometimes that happens to you. It can be triggered by something that you look at. Sometimes I prophesy over somebody because I've been triggered by something I've seen on their T-shirt or something I've seen that they're wearing. And suddenly God has just prompted me from that to say something. It happened last Sunday when we were with the young people that uh, I did exactly that. Gave a prophetic word over somebody in front of everybody and it was triggered off by something I saw on his shirt. Okay, moving on. Second way that we can hear God is with our mind. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this because this is so crucial because in actual fact, when we see things, hear things and all of that, it all actually is processed through our mind. So our mind is, a, is, is the important part of this whole process of hearing God. Do you know that our minds are designed to hear God? <laughs> our minds have been built. God has designed our minds to, to be filled up with his good thoughts. In fact, I've been learning very recently that the, that the mind has been designed to only have good thoughts. It's not designed to have evil thoughts. It's not designed to have that. In fact, there, there's studies and they show that when we have bad thoughts, when we moan and groan and all that, we, we have, we, we, they're called toxic thoughts, and your brain is not designed to have that. Your brain is actually designed to just be full of good thoughts, and they come from God. Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. So it's your thinking, it's dreams, it's visions, it's imagination. Some people sort of say, no, I, th- I don't think this can be come from God because it's, it's in my imagination. Do you know what I mean? It's just in my head. God's designed your head. <laughs> God's designed your thinking, right? He's, he's, he's inspiring you, okay? So God uses your imagination, and he speaks to you through it. So I pray that you will have an increase in the amount of imagination that you will have as a result of today, that you will take seriously thoughts that you're having and imagery that you're having in your head and sort of thinking, maybe God is speaking to me. Maybe God is saying something to me. And as I said about visions as well, visions that you might have... Just in your head, you have a very, very clear, very powerful thing, thing that happens. And you think, I feel God is saying this. Dreams. Well, we know that Joseph in the Bible had many dreams. He was known as a dreamer. And his dreams that God gave him, he was able to give interpretations to. And at first, it seemed to go pear-shaped, and he ended up in prison. But God still gave him the, the ability to interpret dreams. And as a result of it, he became the second in command to Egypt a ruler over Egypt, and it was because he practiced and worked on this gifting that God had given him about dreams and interpreting dreams, and he stepped out in boldness to sort of say, I'll interpret your dream, I'll tell you what God is saying, and by doing that, God used him and filled his mind, filled his mind with God thoughts, and so he was accurate, he was on the button, and God used those thoughts to save Egypt, and also in in the end to save his whole family. So, take a bit of stock about your dreams. Thinking, let God inspire your thoughts. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know this verse, but do you know this verse? Okay? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God has planned it that your mind 
is to be renewed. That those toxic thoughts are out and his thoughts are in. He's designed it. And as our mind is being renewed, we have more confidence that God is speaking. We have more confidence about what we're doing and our our journey that we're on, where God is taking us. And we have more confidence in life. So God wants us to have a renewed mind. This is what it says in Jeremiah 3, verse 2. It says, this is what the Lord says, who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. If there's one thing that you do from listening to me this morning, would you go away and ask God from this verse? Ask him, call on me and I will answer you. Ask him, say, Lord, I want to have your voice. I want to be able to hear you. I want to have your thoughts. I want to be able to hear what you're saying. Would you do this? Would you help me to develop this? And God will put tools in your hands to help you. And that's the part of this teaching this morning is that God's going to put tools in your hand. Okay? What's on your mind? We, we know the verse in Scripture which says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. You have a point of decision. Every day you're making choices. You're making choices even now. Am I going to continue to listen to Pete or not? <laughs> You're making choices. I hope it's a yes. I hope it's a yes. Yes, I am going to continue to listen to Pete. I'm not going to go on my iPhone or, or anything like that. So you've got choices you have to make. And, and you've got thoughts that come into your head. Take them captive and allow God to work on his thoughts. How do we do that? Right. Here's a bit of science for you. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10, it's, the, it's that famous passage which says, you know, who, who can conceive, who could ever imagine the plans that God has got for you? No mind could ever conceive what God has got in store for his people. But, this is the verse 10, but these things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So in one verse it's sort of saying, there are things which are far beyond what we could ever imagine think. But, you, church, Christians, God brings these thoughts to you by his spirit. When you become a Christian, your spirit is, becomes alive and you are now able to communicate with the Holy Spirit. Before you become a Christian, you can't communicate with the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, suddenly your spirit is in contact with the Holy Spirit. And suddenly, and that's why new Christians sort of say, gosh, everything's changing. Things are brighter Things are even more colourful. I mean, over the years, Fran and I have had so many new Christians that have said to us, things are so different. I'm thinking differently. Da-da! Thinking differently. You're thinking differently because the Holy Spirit is now being allowed to renew your mind. Okay? And you're allowing him to do that. And you're dwelling on it. And you're building on it. And you're thinking on it. Okay? We had one, one girl. She's, she's a great Christian. She's a great soldier for God. Um, uh, Wonderfully gave her heart to the Lord. Fran, Fran uh, led her to the Lord. And um, the next day, oh, she was full of it. She was full of it. She went home telling her family and everything. The next day or the day after, wasn't it, she came on the door. And I don't know whether she threw the Bible down or something. She sort of said, just forget it. Just forget it. Just forget it. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Just forget it. I'm bad. I mean, so Fran got her in and they, and they chatted. And, and what it was was the fact that she, for a moment, had got God's thoughts about her, which were good, which were great. And she, was, and she was thrilled with this. 
But then suddenly, after sleep and all the rest of it, the enemy came in with his thoughts and started to get her down her old roots. So Fran worked with her and prayed with her and took her through that period. Because do you know it takes about three weeks in order for you to build a new thought pattern. And so that's why new Christians, we say, read the Bible, read the Bible, work with them, talk with them, okay, to build up, to help these new thought patterns develop. We got her through, and she's great. She's, she's on fire. She's that's been fire. She leads many people to, to Jesus. Praise God that Fran didn't talk, say, oh, yeah, okay, then. It's not for you. No, you've got to work this through. Right, going on, moving on quickly. These things are revealed to us. No, can we go back to that slide, please? The Spirit reveals these to us. What happens is that the Holy Spirit brings something into our head. Then we have a choice. Are we going to dwell in it or are we not? If we sort of say, yes, I'm going to dwell in it, a neuron picks that up and starts to build on it. And the neuron starts to grow dendrites. That is your thoughts. This is physically what happens in your brain. You physically start to develop a new thought pattern. You begin to add things to it. So if it's a God thought, you're beginning to add God's words, scriptures and things, and you begin to build on that. And after about 21 days, you've actually built a tree. So you actually build a thought tree in your head. And then there's a real picture of one here on the right-hand side. And, and it takes about 21 days to build that. And so you can get hold of God's thoughts, and as you dwell on it, and as you meditate on it, and as you read scripture, and as you build on it, and as you add things to it, you start to build this tree and then after 21 days, you're beginning to accept that. You're beginning to realize this is true. And then comes the other phases. We haven't got time. There's a whole, there's, there's a whole couple of teaching sessions on this. Okay? Hearing. Next slide. Now, you can hear with your physical hearing or your spiritual hearing. hearing. So you can hear things audibly or you hear things in your head. Okay? And I know that many of you have probably heard words in your head. Quite often, that's how I get a, a prophetic word. It's because I kind of hear something in my head. I, hear, I, think, I think there's only one occasion when I've actually heard an audible voice, and I know there are people here you've actually heard an audible voice where God has actually spoken to you. It is quite rare, okay? But Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They know me, and I know them. You, your inheritance as a Christian is that you hear God's voice, my sheep. If you're a sheep, which you are if you're a Christian, your right is to hear God's voice. That's, that's, that is your inheritance. That's what God's got for you. You have the right to hear God's voice. Don't be robbed in your mind with, with old thoughts. Get rid of those old thoughts. Don't dwell on them. Dwell on God's thoughts. Dwell on God's words. And then you'll begin to hear God's voice more. Moving on. So this comes from the words that we hear, flash thoughts that we have in our mind, sentences that we suddenly see a sentence and God just speaks to us through it, single words that we just suddenly see and God speaks to us, expression, just the way in which something is read sometimes. You just sense God's love, you sense God's peace, you sense God wanting to share something. It's quite amazing, quite creative, the way that God allows us to hear him. And on and the spiritual side, you sense words, you sense that a word's being spoken, you might have a picture in your head, uh, of a word, or you might have a picture and then some words underneath. There are many ways in which God can speak to you uh, that you hear his words. Also, through preaching, teaching, and prophetic words, songs, poems, oh, yes, you've just spotted it, great, and poems. So there are many, many ways 
in which we hear God's words. There's many ways in which we can respond. So you're doing it right now because I'm reading scripture. I'm, I'm talking about what, how God feels about us. I'm talking about God's science because God created science. So we ought to be wondering, you know, in wonder about it all. So we can have preaching. We can have teaching what this is. You can have the prophetic words. Um, Danny, Danny Moore is great with prophetic words. You know, I believe there's, there's at least one person here this morning, and I think you're going to be getting a prophetic word from him because he's, got, he's been re- writing it all out. He, he labors with God to give prophetic words which are full of substance, full of depth, full of love, full of encouragement. Just out of interest, how many of you have ever had a word from Danny? I'm going to embarrass you, Danny, just by sitting out there. How many of you have ever had a word from Danny Moore? Look at that. Look at that. Wonderful. Thank you, Danny, for being faithful and listening to God and writing it down. Okay? So, number four is the mouth. When you speak God's word, things begin to happen. When you say words out loud, so the next slide. Uh, have I missed one here? No, let's go back. No. So, when you ask somebody for counsel, when you seek advice, you hear God speaking to you. The Bible says it. It says it here in Proverbs 15, verse 2. It says, the wise will seek counsel. So whenever you're doing a decision or you're seeking God about something, one of the things you need to have lined up is the counsel of others and to hear God through other people supporting it. And I've always, if I've had a major decision in my life, I've always gone for counsel. I've always gone to people that I trust. I've asked them to pray about it. And I've got some amazing stories about how God has used that uh, for me. We hear God's voice through the words that we speak, directed by the Holy Spirit. This is Matthew 10, verse 20. It says, For it is not you who will be speaking, it will be the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. There will be times in your life when you say, Lord, I don't know what to say in this situation. Trust him. Bring this verse to mind. Fill your mind with these verses and bring this verse to mind. No, Lord, you've said, I'll give you the words to speak. When the time is right, I'll give you the words to speak. And just trust him that he will give you the words. Okay, moving on. So, speaking God's word. Do you know that if you speak, if you read the Bible out loud, you actually take in more than if you're just reading it quietly in your head? Don't know quite the whole physical process of it, but apparently it increases your learning and it increases your ability to be sensitive to what you're reading. So I encourage you, if you can, read your Bible out loud. Go into a room somewhere and read it out loud. Recite verses out loud. Verses that you've remembered, recite them out loud. I go to bed at night, I thank God for his faithfulness, but I I speak out with my lips some verses of scripture. And sometimes I'm aware that I'm doing it in my head, and I stop and I actually physically say it with my lips because there's something that gets released when I do that. Singing God's words. I mean, I know that people sing prophetically. People come to the front and sing prophetic songs. So that's another way in which we hear God's voice. Lastly, number five, which is the nose. Slide's coming up in a minute, I think. So when we say the nose, what we're doing is your senses. It's your senses. It's your inner sense. And sometimes you can sense God's presence. You can just sense he's with us. You can sense he's around you. Right? It's your instinct. 
It's your feelings. It's your gut feeling that you just feel that God is saying something. You feel God wants you to do something. Oh, you came out this morning because she was feeling stirred. She had, a, she had a, a feeling inside that she needed to bring this testimony. Okay? So, your nose is your senses okay, of God's presence. Moving on. Keep, keep tuned into the Holy Spirit. This is Job 3, verse 8. But it is the spirit, but the spirit, sorry, but it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. You have got the breath of God in you. And it's that breath of God that gives you understanding of what God wants from you, your life, how God wants to direct your life. And so take that away from this morning, the fact that you can tune into God and you can tune into his thoughts and you can dwell on these thoughts and you can grow physically, grow physically in your brain. You grow God trees, as it were. God thought trees in your head. And you can do this because God will inspire you to do it. Are you a sheep? Let me remind you again. My sheep hear my voice. We're coming on to the last bit now. Are you, are you wanting to hear God's voice? Is that growing in you now? Is it growing in you now that I want to hear God's voice? I'm not getting much love coming back. <laughs> Good, thank you. Then we need to do some application. This is something that you can even start doing now. If you're scribbling notes, you can start writing things down. I would encourage you to do this, because I, I do this when I go to a session is I start to write my application. I, I, I start to write down on the bottom of the page, this is what I'm going to do as soon as this talk is over. This is what I'm going to do before I go to bed tonight. Okay? I'm, going to, I'm going to do some of these things. I'm going to seek God about this. I'm going to seek God about that. So determine that you are going to look out for more of these five ways of hearing God's voice. Ask yourself, what am I hearing now? What am I hearing now? What are you hearing right at this very moment? Let's have a moment. Just have, just, have, just, just have 10 seconds. Those of you who've got pens and paper, what's God speaking to you about right now? Write it down on the piece of paper that you've got there. What's he speaking to you about? Is he speaking to you about some decision that you've got to make? Is he speaking to you about how much he loves you? Is he speaking to you about how indwelling he is in your life? Is he speaking to you about the fact that he is closer than you realize? Is he speaking to you about confidence in the Bible? Is he speaking to you about speaking out more? Is he speaking to you about speaking out loud when you read the Bible? Have you decided, I'm going I'm to try that. I'm going I'm to read the Bible out loud, and I'm going to see what happens. So what is God saying to you? What's he speaking to you? Next slide. Testing. Thessalonians 5. Do not quench the spirit. So hopefully, just doing that little exercise there for 20 seconds, we're not quenching the spirit. We're giving the Holy Spirit opportunity to speak to us. We're giving him opportunity to move. And we might need to do more of that, where we just sit quietly and sort of say, Lord, it's over to you. Or just sitting down with a blank piece of paper and saying, Lord... I'm just going to write down thoughts that you put into my head. I'm going to write them down. 
It's amazing what happens when you do this exercise. Do not quench the spirit, but treat proph- uh, but, and do not treat prophecies with contempt. Don't sort of say, no, oh, yeah, that's a good, that was a good word. You know? uh, then you forget about it. You're not building the tree. You're not building the thought process. If somebody gives you a word and you sort of say, oh, that was a great word. Do you know, I had a great word last Sunday. Yeah, what was it? I don't know. It was something about apples. <laughs> and you've lost it. You've lost it. Okay? Because your mind can't, con- you know, unless you build on it, you lose it. Unless you've written it down, you lose it. So, write down words. Hold on to what is good. Test them. And I've put an arrow there from test them all. Test them all. Every word that you get from God, test it. Now, this is not, when we say testing, we sometimes think of a, of a scale that we're kind of, you know, does it sound good or not? You know, and we'll, we'll chuck out. No, think of it like a jigsaw puzzle. Think about every word that God gives to you is like a jigsaw puzzle. And what you're doing is you're offering it up to the jigsaw of your life. Is it fitting in now or do I put it to the side for later on? If I'm going to put it to the side for later on, let me write it down in a book. Let me write down. Some of you are starting to do your, your prophetic journals. Write down words that God has given you so that you can refer back to them. Graham and Richard do this, words for the church. They have them written down. They have them in a filing cabinet. They draw them out. Every now and again, they draw them out, and they test it. They test it. They, they offer it up to the plan to see whether this is the time for the jigsaw puzzle piece to fit in. So do not despise prophetic words. Do not despise words that you feel you're getting from God. Write them down. Fill notebooks with writings and drawings, anything, okay? Because God will then take you on a journey of discovery, and you'll learn your unique way that God wants to speak to you. Next slide. There's actually four important stages. I started off with three, and then I added the next one. (laughs) I forgot to change the title. So this is the final bit. Observe. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you observe? What do you feel? What do you think? Observe it. Take note of it. Dwell on it. Ponder it. And record it. Write it down. This is perhaps where some, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the percentage would be. It might be 95% of prophetic words get lost because we don't write them down and have some way in which we're going to remember them so that we can offer them up again at the right time. So we need to be getting into the routine of having a book, a notebook, a journal, and writing stuff down. So record it. Number three, interpretation. What do you think it means? So you ask yourself, what does this mean? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. We're having people coming to us now and asking us, could you just... Can you just sit with me and have a look at this prophetic word? I'm just, I'm just seeking God about it. Is this the right time for it? And I think it's something that we want to develop more in the church, is where we're helping one another to share prophetic words with one another, share words that we feel God is saying, so that we can help each other on this journey. Help each other with, the, with your jigsaw. Come and help me with my jigsaw, please. Help me to see where this piece fits in. I've got a bit stuck. I've got this bit done, but I can't see this bit. Oh, well, actually, I think that bit fits in there. You're right, it does fit in there. Okay, let's share, let's talk more. Let's talk more about what we feel God is saying. And then the application is what you should do. If you want to get the result from a word that God gives to you, particularly a prophetic word, there will always be an action. 
there will always be something that you have to do. You don't just sit there and you wake up a few weeks' time and suddenly God has done everything. You have to do something. You have to position yourself to receive the, the answer to that word. So when you get a prophetic word from God, maybe he says to you, I don't know, say, say I, f- I feel there's something about Spanish. I feel there's something about Spain. I feel, I feel there's something about Spanish. And you sort of think, oh, I've never been to Spain. Do you mean? Well, don't just sort of say no. Oh, well, that was a nice word. Got a nice word about Spain. Got a nice word. Why not start to read up about Spain? Why not start to learn the language? Why, why not just start to find some Spanish people and start talking to them, okay? Start to do some, position yourself that you might be able to sort of see how does this piece of the jigsaw fit in, okay? So there's things to be done, okay? I'm really got to the end. That, that's, that's it. We're going to pray in a moment because I want to pray that some of the stuff which has been given to you, you've been writing down, that it actually goes into your, your mind and that God helps you to develop a new way of thinking about his word and how you receive his word. Okay? Perhaps it'd be good for us to stand for a moment, okay? So just in the quietness of your own heart, you just want to say to God in your own words where you want to take this. Talk to him right now. Talk to him right now and say, Lord, what I'm hearing here, I want to take this somewhere. I want to learn from this. I want to develop this. And just just have a little conversation with God right now, just in this quietness. Lord, we thank you that you're speaking. We thank you that you are now switching on our antennae. We thank you, Lord, that you're suddenly making us more aware that you're speaking all the time. And Lord, we want to build with you. We want to build a way of hearing you more clearly. So Lord, we say, increase our ability to hear you. Increase our ability to think your thoughts. Increase our ability to have our mind changed and have a renewing of our mind. Help us, Lord, to see things around us and to hear your voice through things that we see. Lord, help us to speak boldly your words. Help us to speak scripture out loud. Help us to read out loud. Help us, Lord, to become a healthy church. Lord, we ask for your blessing on us as a church. We ask for your blessing on us that we will grow in the prophetic, that we will grow as a church that hears God and that we're able to speak God's words to other people. Lord, we ask that we would increase in this area. Would you bless us with increase in this area, Lord, in this coming year? Lord, would you help us? Holy Spirit, we invite you. You invite you to transform us and to change us. We thank you for the journey that we're on. We thank you that you've got good gifts for us. We thank you that everything that comes from you is good. And we're determined that we're going to have a storehouse of good in our thinking. Lord, release it upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.